Well, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, or whatever time it might be, wherever you are. My name is Craig Hagan, and you're welcome. You're listening to Rama's weekly podcast. Kind of got my words mixed up. Here with Tony McKinnon. Um, we're enjoying a wonderful day here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I think it's like 18 degrees outside. Yeah, good for the penguins. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 not normal Tulsa weather. Not normal. Yeah. N- normally around this time, you know, we're in 50s or 60 degrees. I don't dread the cold weather, though. It's all right. I, I don't like the cold. I mean, I'm, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to live in Michigan and don't want to live. I think, I think I was Pooh Bear in another life. I should be in a cave somewhere hibernating, eating honey all winter. <laughs> Pooh Bear. Pooh Bear. <laughs> Is that your new nickname, Pooh Bear? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you know, we'd love to hear from you guys. Um, you know, we, we have our email, podcast at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A. Or you can... Um, you know, hook up with us on social media, on Facebook, or on Instagram, and you can see some behind-the-scenes photos from Granny's Attic. There you go. That's that's another name for the Rama Recording Studio up here. Um, you know, every once in a while we get a few more things out of here, but it's it's still looking pretty much like a old attic, except for Granny doesn't normally have um, Hammond B3 organs, you know, on the side of her attic. Or well, Granny's got her groove. Yeah. Or a bunch of sound equipment that used to be worth a lot of money at one point in time. <laughs> you know, one point in time we we had a quarter million dollars, quarter million dollars worth of sound equipment up here that's half a million dollars that's worth fifty cent. Yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway, so today we have with us some um, Earl Glisson from Anchor Faith Church in St. Augustine, Florida. We were just with him on, on um a crusade just a couple of weeks ago. And so Earl is, came from sunny Florida to freezing Oklahoma. So good to have you, Earl. It's horribly cold here. <laughs> uh, the Lord's punishing you for something. I think so. Yeah. You know, Pooh Bear, it's uh, <laughs> surely <laughs> cold. <laughs> anyway, I, I told you it was going to be cold. You did. And I'm, you know, a little disappointed that you and your sister didn't get an agreement that it would be warmer weather when we came because when you came to Florida, it was 75. You walked the beach, got yeah. on the water. It, it was 75 at your church, but we'd go to see Darren. And it dropped to 55. Well, again, that shows the faith between us and Live Oak. So I'm, yeah. I'm working on Pastor Darren. Yeah. But I will say last year when I visited you, it was um, kind of, it was raining. That's true. And around 50 degrees. That was horrible. In January when I said it was supposed to be warm. and You didn't you know. request it. So, you know, I, I wasn't sure if you were a cold weather guy. Yeah. Well, it's, um, it, it's cold out there yeah. now. Anyway, Earl, um, you know, we kind of want to hear hear your story. I mean, you know, you know how you got saved, how you ended up in Rama, what you're doing now. I mean, you know, how you how someone like you become a pastor? Um, you know, yeah, things like that. Um, you're a military man too, right? I am. Yeah, yeah I was so, in the Florida Army National Guard for nine years. So, so tell us your story. Where you're from? What, so I was I was uh, born in Gainesville, Florida. So I'm a Gator fan through and through. <laughs> Even though um, Oklahoma has bragging rights this year because all of our starting receivers and tight end decided not to play in this bowl game because of COVID, apparently, or going on into a draft. So that's my little pet peeve. I'll just leave that alone. Um, <laughs> but I guess when we needed to beat y'all in a national championship, we did. So I'm glad of that. But um, 
so I was raised in Gainesville. Moved to a little small town outside called Archer. Um, we call it L.A. Little Archer. Little Archer. As <laughs> <laughs> one stop sign still today, and um, you know, actually, I lived there. You know, basically my whole school career. I started kindergarten with guys and graduated with them. Wow. So not not much moving around. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of L.A., I was talking to a guy one time, and I said, "Where are you from?" He said, "L.A." I said, really? I mean, he said, you have a kind of a country accent from being from L.A. He goes, yeah, I'm from Lower Alabama. There you go, Lower Alabama. <laughs> Lower Alabama. That sounds really. about right, so, too. <laughs> so he calls that L.A. Yeah. Anyway, so, so you you were there in L.A., Florida. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was in Archer. Now, my my mom's interesting thing. My mom and, you know, my dad, when they got married, they weren't serving God. My mom got born again some time. I don't know the actual story on that, but... When she got pregnant with my sister, who's older than I am, um, you know, she ended up praying a prayer and saying, Lord, you know, if you give me healthy kids, I'll raise them in church. So he obviously answered that. It's kind of like the guy that went to Jesus, if you're willing. He's like, mm-hmm. I sure am. So, um, you know, she held true to that word, and she took us to church. So we were raised in a denominational church. I was in the Southern Baptist Church, and, um, you know, she took us to church. I, I remember many Sundays I'd want to stay home with my dad. My dad didn't go to church. It seemed like he was tradition for him to make um sunday dinner and um, he actually cooked better than my mom to be honest with you <laughs> but um you anyway. know actually i remember that at my my grandfather's church down in dallas my my mom's dad brother tipton yeah it seems like the, a lot of the ladies they would come to church and their husbands would stay home on sundays uh, and so it was it was kind of interesting i don't i don't know if that was a popular thing among some people or or, or what? Or, or maybe guys are too cool to go to church. Maybe it seemed, seemed like the women carried the church for a little while, yeah. for sure. But anyway, I was um, I would you know say a mom I'm not feeling good, so I can stay home with my dad. And she says, "Well, that's all right." She called me Earl Wayne. Uh, you know, you're from the South. You get both you got two names. You two got names. two names. <laughs> yeah. She goes, Earl Wayne, that's fine. You can stay home, but if you're too sick to go to church this morning, then you'll be too sick to go to play in the yard in the afternoon. So I just get dressed and go to church. It seemed better. Um, but I got born again when I was nine. You know, it was June 1979. I remember the Sunday. I remember I was a good Baptist kid that sat about, you know, in the back. Um, but I had decided the night before, you know, I need to give my life to Jesus. And um, don't know what Pastor Wayne Harvey preached that day. Uh, but I do remember getting up and going down the red carpet and getting to the front and um, asking Jesus to save me and um, did pretty good you know until I became a teenager and you know the message of going to heaven you know after you die really didn't sustain my um, living away from carnality so I kind of just lived in the world it didn't for resonate because you figured on living forever anyway true as you a know, teenager I mean I got a while to get things right <laughs> you know <laughs> so um but, you know, I stayed in church, you know, as far as that's concerned. But then I ended up, um, my dad died right after I graduated from high school, though. I got sick, you know, towards the end and um, died young, actually. He was 51 when he passed away. Mm. Wow. And uh, I turned 51 in March, and I realized that's extremely young. Um, but um, it was 15 days after I graduated, he passed away. So my life became highly unfocused, let's just say it that way. Um, had a scholarship to go to a college right out of high school for academics and just really unfocused so long story short you know i had a younger brother still in the home my sister was married and 
I was trying to figure out what to do with life and, you know, kind of rebellious with my mom. And so my brother-in-law said, well, man, because I was threatened to go to the military. He said, why don't you join the Guard? If you like it, then you can go in full time. But if you don't, then it's only one weekend. So I did. And that's what started my military career. And I'm glad I went. I enjoyed that tremendously, you know, my season there. But it's kind of out of a uh, act of I don't know what to do with my life type mm-hmm. deal. Because I really didn't know what I was called to do, to be honest with you. And um, so it was in that time of military that I ended up beating my wife. And that is a very interesting story in and of itself. So how, how, why is it interesting? <laughs> so I had a weekend drill, and um, I was stayed at a friend of mine's house. And um, I showed up one night, you know, after drill, and he goes, hey, get dressed, hurry up, we're going out on a date. I got you, you know, you're going to meet a girl. <laughs> I'm like. Well, at least it was a girl, not a guy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I said, um, what? Are you serious? He goes, yeah, man. I said, no, listen, again, I was highly carnal, okay? I mean, I don't even know if I was going to church much then. But I remember telling him, I said, now, listen, if she doesn't look good, I'm just telling you right now, I'm going to say, I got drilled tomorrow, and we're coming home. You need to know that. No, it'd be all right. It'd be all right. And so we ended up going up to this other town and ended up meeting them there. And I remember leaning across and the car and looking in their car and seeing Marcy for the first time. And I thought, wow, she looks pretty good. <laughs> so she didn't like me very much, though, that first night. Yeah, Kim she, didn't like me either. So she, uh, <laughs> I can't say she mumbled, but I sure didn't understand her because I thought she said her name was Marcia and I called her Marcia half the night. <laughs> Marcia, Marcia, Marcy. <laughs> so, needless to say, uh, thirty years later in September, um, we made it. <laughs> so she she went from not liking you to like semi liking you now. <laughs> yeah, she said she's got this like funny story that I you know because again I kept trying to touch her arm. I we were sitting in the back seat and she was sitting in the front. You know, and I kept trying to carry on a conversation with her because I mean I thought she looked good. You know, I thought this would be a good deal. And um, she kept saying, who's this guy I think he is touching me? So every once in a while, I remind her, who's that guy touching me? <laughs> so I, I guess you, you didn't use the drill excuse. for yeah. <laughs> no, no drill tomorrow. <laughs> no drill tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I didn't use that excuse at all. <laughs> so we got married in six months, though. And um, I think that's probably where my life really started to make a change. Um, you know, uh, Marcy had had a child and so you know when we started talking about getting married i'm like man i need to grow up you know first of all my mom and dad modeled being married you know he passed away but you don't divorce i mean i remember that from church i'm like man i just i'm gonna have to get my life together and you know she wanted a different life right she didn't made wrong choices so we got married and we're like man we need to follow god and i'm like lord uh, you know, you're the best. That's what I know about you. I bet that's all I know. Uh, so if I follow you, I figure it'll be all right. And um, so we got in church and started raising her son that I ended up adopting, had two more. And in that process, you know, um, just started to live for God. And then we ended up moving up to Atlanta where her dad lived. And um, actually, the Lord, I was coming off a, a military tour when they were bringing all the vehicles back from Desert um, Storm. We were repairing them, but that whole little shift was coming off, so I was going to be unemployed. So we ended up moving up to Atlanta because the Lord said, hey, go up there, you know. And um, we ended up kind of being a witness to our family. None of them were born again up there at all. 
And so, you know, my mindset was I'm going to go up there. I'm going to live in Atlanta, going to get a great job. We're going to have a nice house, have kids. And, um, you know, people are going to see how God blesses us and, you know, get their whole family born again. Um, but it didn't actually work out that way. Um, it's a little different. I got there, moved out of my father-in-law's house, found out my wife was pregnant, didn't have a job. He didn't want me to leave. I ended up moving back into his house. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> you know, thinking, great. I mean, here I am serving God, and this guy didn't even know God. And, you know, it seemed like we can't get anything together. But the reality was um, we needed to live with him all that time. And um, mm -hmm. we went to church. And so, but it was in Atlanta that I got called to ministry. So, uh, what happened? I mean, so you know, something hit you on top of the head, like you have a peach hit you on top of the head or something? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was pretty supernatural, I had to admit. Uh, now, you got to understand, I wasn't filled with the Holy Ghost at this time. I mean, I was still in the Baptist denomination. Baptist church? Or, yeah. yeah. You know, um, that's just what I was raised. What I did not know at the time is that my wife, uh, Marcy, had actually gone to a church of God, you know, a Pentecostal one and was filled with the Holy Ghost. And I did not know that. You know, she never prayed, you know, in the spirit around me or anything. And, um, you know, so God had to actually, you know, do some things to get my attention because I had no concept of what it meant to be led by the spirit mm -hmm. or nothing. And so I was going into work. I was a computer operator. And um, I was driving a Ford Ranger. And I was coming off of 75 and getting on the exchange to get on to 85 to get over to – basically over where Six Flags is in Atlanta. That's where I worked at a place called Raylock. And um, as I was getting on that exchange, my windshield disappeared on my vehicle. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I was praying. You know, I'd use it to pray because it takes like yeah. 35, 40 minutes, you know, to get yeah, to work. I've, yeah. And it just disappeared on me. And next thing you know, I saw myself from the back with my hands kind of out, you know, um, extended. And... Um, and just to see a people, man, at the time, I thought it was like hundreds of thousands of people, right? And that's the image that I saw. But in that moment, I knew I'm called to ministry. And um, started crying. You know, I didn't have windows tinted, so everybody probably thought I was listening to some sad country song or something, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I remember going back home, you know, uh, that night, slept, and then got up the mor next morning. I said, Marcy, man, God's called me to ministry. And she said, I didn't marry a pastor. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm not a pastor's wife. I said, well, apparently you are. <laughs> so um, at that juncture, again, not, no, not knowing how to be led by the Spirit, she had an uh, ex-stepbrother that was, him and his wife were at a Bible school in Columbia, South Carolina. So, and it was within a month we picked up and moved and went to that Bible college. I was gone. Um, I'm kind of like that Abraham guy, you know, the Lord <laughs> said, get up and go. And you don't even ask questions. You just, just take leave. off. Right. Um, but my thought was, well, if you're called to ministry, you got to get trained. Right. I mean, you know, you got to get an education, I assumed. So, you know, we found out about that and there was at least somebody we knew. We just took off and went there. But honestly, we were there six months and it was like hell, man. It, we were in the wrong school, wrong time. I mean, it was rough. In fact, if it wasn't for my wife just being committed, she'd have left me. I mean, I look like an idiot at this juncture, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Moving her all over the place. You know, we got three kids. You know, can't keep a job, it seems like, you know. And um, But, you know, she stayed committed, and I realized this is probably where we shouldn't be, so we ended up moving back to Florida. And um, it was when we moved back to Florida that um, 
we moved into this neighborhood, and a pastor and his wife had just taken an Assembly God church like six months earlier and um, had heard um, through the management of this, you know, housing division that um, we were pastors, which we weren't. You know, I guess I just told him that I felt like I was called to ministry. And so he knocks on my door one day and, um, you know, wanted to meet me as the other pastor. Marcy woke me up because I was working a third shift job at the time. And... Um, you know, just told him my story, and he invited me to church. So I go over to this church because we weren't going anywhere at that time, and um, he preached on the baptism of the Holy Ghost with heaven speaking in tongues. Called me that afternoon, was concerned he scared me away. We were a young couple, you understand, <laughs> a very small church. <laughs> so um, I said, no, I'm not scared. I said, um, you know, I said I was raised Baptist, but here's the thing. They always told us, believe the Word. So if you can just show me in the Word, I'm going to believe it. And so that guy met me every morning at 5.30 a.m. before I'd have to go to work because I, at that juncture, had finally moved over to the National Guard and started working there. Um, and um, he took me through the Word from July to October, sh- showing me in Scripture how to, what it means to be filled with the Holy Ghost. In October 1995, I got filled with the Holy Ghost with him speaking in tongues. Wow. So the significance of this guy, though, is he was a 1994 Rama graduate. He had graduated from Raymond. Wow. And, um, you know, so we plugged in with him and his wife. They wanted us to do children's because they had kids out, you know, all over the place. (laughs) But we had one youth, and I was like, you know, I feel like. um, (laughs) You you can say Wazoo on the program. They've been worse said on here in Wazoo, (laughs) trust me. Well, they only have one youth, and I'm like, I think I want to do youth ministry, right? So we started with one youth youth, and grew that thing to 75, had two juvenile prison systems coming to us. And I'll never forget, it was in 97, he said, you know, if you ever felt like you needed to be trained for ministry, you ought to consider Rama. Never heard Rama before in my life. Uh, didn't know anything about Never heard a message from Kenneth W. Hagen, Kenneth E. Hagen, any Hagen. Didn't even know Hagen's even existed, right? And, um, but we were doing a revival during that summer and in that revival, the Lord said, this time next year, you'll be at Ramah. So, um, he actually left that church, went to Ocala and, um, we went with him, and, um, you know, seriously thought about abandoning the whole Ramah concept just so I could go on. Cause at 25, I was thinking I'm in my prime man, 27. I mean, I, I need to do ministry, but, um, the Lord said, if you don't go, you'll miss life, man. So I remember going in and said, no, I, I, I got to go. So next thing you know, so funny, man. You couldn't get a, you couldn't get housing here in Oklahoma. I mean, I didn't have a job, right? Again, I'm Abraham. Get up and go, right? Yeah, go, yeah. So one time, this is a crazy story. I mean, we need a job to move, right? So I saw an ad in the paper about making so much per week. I drove all night long with my wife to do an interview here, only to find out it was a vacuum cleaning salesman. <laughs> I sold those vacuum cleaners or tried. <laughs> I knew never, that wasn't me, man. Never sold one. <laughs> Didn't make it. I am not a salesman, man. I'm like, geez. So, I mean, we, we went, came all the way here. First time I've ever been in Broken Arrow. First time we ever came by the, you know, Rayma campus. And um, did this interview. They were impressed that I would come 20-something hours, you know, basically to be there 18 hours. And uh, come back when you move. I realize I'm not doing this job. But What year was that? 
So that was uh, summer of 98. Yeah. 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 That was in between my first and second year. I'm pretty sure I went to the same place. Uh, <laughs> probably was. I'm dead serious. <laughs> so how, how old were you then? So I was 28. Yeah. Marcy and I both are 28. That and time. how many kids did you have? Three kids. Had three kids, 28 years old. And you showed up here to Broken Air, Oklahoma. Yep. You know, there's some people listening out there that, you know, maybe you're going through life. And maybe life hasn't really been roses, you know, like it should be. Or maybe 2020 was a miserable year for you. You know, maybe you should check out Rainbow Bible Training College, rbtc.org, and find out more information. If, if you'll enter, enter your, your all your information there, we'll have one of our, our people give you a call and talk to you about Raymond, talk to you about our upcoming college weekend coming up um, in April. I mean, it's just a wonderful place to, to train for the ministry. And, you know, the, the, one of the best times to, to move is, is, is during transition time, whether you lost a job or, or you know, may, maybe you're transitioning from high school to college or you just graduated from, from college or, or whatever it might be, you know. But it doesn't matter how old or how young. I mean, here you are, you're 27 years old with three kids. Yeah. You know, because some people think, well, you know, if I'm 18, that's one thing. But but to bring my whole family, of course, I guess you've been bringing your family all across. The, yeah, you've been dragging this family all over the country anyway. The country, so. Yeah. <laughs> Probably moved 20-something times. So so basically, you were you know, you didn't come to any kind of Raymond College Week or anything. You you just, you just showed yeah, up. Yeah, sight unseen, man. And, you and, know. and not at that time, had you known anything about the Hagens then? After you, you know, obviously you've been in contact with the Raymond graduate. Um, yeah, no. I mean, obviously – you know, it's a funny story because, you know, uh, the first class we set in when we finally came to Ramo was the ABCs of Faith. And, um, you know, um, uh, Reverend Doug Jones says, you know, if you don't continue in what you learned at Ramo, you'll revert back to what you believed. And the reality is that particular student, you know, basically went back to the Assembly of God in one sense. Mm, yeah. And so, um, you know, when I sat in the class, you know, the first five minutes, man, I'm looking at my wife saying, I don't even know the Bible, you know. Um, and I definitely didn't hear it from, you know, um, at least not in that kind of detail. Um, you know, and he never really kind of pushed me towards that, which, um, so I had never heard anything still. I was still brand new. Um, you know, you know, you know sometimes in life you learn about, you learn things by learning what not to do, you oh, know? Yeah. And, so, so, uh, so what, you know, you're, you're trying to say is not only you're in church, you were working for the, you know, for this pastor, yeah. And you still can't remember if I know you didn't really know much. Exactly. I mean, I'm you know? like his youth pastor, you know, I'm preaching all the time. Uh, you know, even though I worked outside the church, right. You know, yeah. you do that position full time, but in the context of the scripture, I mean, I knew to be born again. I finally figured out what it meant to be filled with the Holy ghost. Right. Outside of that, um, you know, just did not have a, a strong foundation on the word at all. And, you know, Rama just changed my absolute life, man. We we rolled in here probably when we moved. I think it was like 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. I finally got this, like, apartment over there by 61st and Lewis, mm-hmm. in between 60, 61st and 71st, but it was on Lewis, so it was near, you know, ORU. Yeah. And um, come to find out, it, the person had leased it, decided they didn't want to stay, so they subleased it to us. <laughs> you know, so oh, wow. we were like in on their lease and then finally the company you know this apartment complex found out well we rolled in there 
and it's like got blue shag carpet, man. I start crying, man. I'm getting emotional from driving all night or whatever. And I'm like, gosh, you know, Marcy, I can't believe I brought you to this place. You know, you know, you're looking like an idiot. And um, I remember her just looking at me saying, that's all right. We're just following God. It's going to be fine. And, um, you know, so we set up there. But, you know, about five or six months later, a house came up actually across from Rama. And um, we ended up moving there and stay there the rest of the time we were here. But, um, man, Raymond changed our life, man. I mean, it was the greatest decision I've ever made. I mean, when you look back on your life and you're like yeah. hearing God, right, and sometimes you don't realize how significant that time of hearing God was, that was probably one of the most significant times of my life. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's in my top three I agree. of hearing God. It's in my top three. And um, who we are today is because of the legacy of the mandate that's on this place, man. And um, I'm forever eternally grateful. That's why, you know, they see me all the time. I just keep coming. <laughs> <laughs> I just keep coming back, man. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he spoke at every event we had last year, or your I, wife did. He's a pinch hitter. <laughs> yeah, I was a pinch hitter, man. You know, I, I got I came up off the bench quite a few times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a great year. Put me in, coach. <laughs> I'm ready to play. That's for sure. <laughs> so, you know, so you go to Ramah. So, so, you know, I'm sure you graduated and moved somewhere, right? Because you, you, that's, that's what you do, man. That's <laughs> what you do. Yeah, so true. You know, I mean, I knew I was pastoring. I knew I, I always knew I was going to pastor. And from the, you know, the first time I saw my windshield disappeared in Atlanta, Georgia, I'm like, you know, I always saw myself as a pastor. But I always had the concept that, you know. Now, let, me, let me ask you this. Okay. How, how much time went? went by from the windshield disappearing uh, till you actually yep. came to Rama. Yeah. So it disappeared in 94. Okay. And I didn't come to Rama till 98. Yeah. So then you took spent, four years. So you, just and then you spent two years, two years here, here. Yeah. Before now, now you're ready to go. So, you know, just because you have an experience from God yep. doesn't mean yep. it's going to happen the next day. Exactly. You that know, is so true. And, and sometimes we kind of get ahead of God's plans because we, we decide, well, God wants me to do this. So I'm going to, I'm just going to drop everything and go. Yeah. And sometimes we see things that are not for today. That's so true. I mean, you know, we, you know, we might see something, you know, that happens years down the road. I mean, you know, I, you know obviously I've, dad's talked about things that the Lord's told him and it really is like 20 years later before it really yeah. came to pass. Yeah. yeah. Now, you know, a lot of times what happens is we try to make it come to pass, right? You know, and instead of letting God, you know, make it come to pass. And sometimes because we try to make it come to pass, we get the whole thing mixed up and keep it from coming to pass. Mm, yeah. You know? So, so I, I think that's a learning experience just because you have what you know, call a supernatural windshield disappearing. Now for those of you guys, you know, understand, I, I you know, I clarify for some people who it didn't literally you know, disappear. Yeah. The windshield didn't literally disappear. Didn't for them. Literally. Yeah. He, he, he had a, a what an what, open vision. Yeah. Well, what brother Hayden yeah. called a, a mini M I N I M I N I vision, you know, where he, you know, saw things. The windshield was still there, and he was able to stay on the road and, and not have a wreck. Exactly. So just want to clarify that. <laughs> but but the point is, is it took years to come to pass. Yeah. Now now maybe it could have come to pass sooner. You know, if if you wouldn't have done some of the things you you did. Um, but so you graduate. So so what our next? What was our next step after graduation? Yeah. So after graduation, you know, um, my desire was to. F- quit moving my family right (laughs) and um so at that juncture like let's start a church and um you know i had actually was going to go interview with a church in wyoming (laughs) 
But I'm from Florida, you understand. I don't think I'd have last the winter winter there. Um, but um, well, I, I know you wouldn't last winter because yeah, right. I can't hardly stand today. <laughs> but um, you know, uh, Reggie Knowles actually helped me in that. Uh, I remember one time because uh, a particular minister was still here in Tulsa. He's no longer here. He's gone on to be with the Lord, but he had uh, told me to call him, and he was pastor at the time in Ocala. And I just didn't think I could go to Florida. I mean, I didn't think Florida was even on the map for me um, because, again, I was born there, right? Figured yeah. you just can't be there. And um, so I remember talking to Reggie about that, and he's like, um, he said, well, why don't you come back to Florida, man? We need some good word churches in Florida. I said, well, you know, Bible says a prophet's not without honor except in his hometown. You know, I just figured I couldn't come back. He said, well, are you a prophet? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, kind of shook me. And I'm like, well, no. He said, well, then don't apply to you. Come on home, right? And I thought. Yeah, that just makes perfect sense, you know, because that's, you know, I'm not a prophet, right? And um, so it got me thinking, you know, that direction. So at that juncture, I thought, well, I'll just go home. I'll go to Gainesville. And so I packed up my wife, and um, and uh, July, you know, after we graduated, and I went to Gainesville with all intents of starting a church, man. And um, got in town, became a inventory manager at a particular um, company, and. You know, was going to put myself in a position to start this church. And um, I'd say about two months in, the Lord spoke to me and says, you're not ready. You need to go get on staff somewhere. And, um, you know, he told me about a particular church that he said, you'll be the next youth pastor here. And then a month later, he says, you need to go get on staff. So I thought I was, you know, having some bipolar moments with the Lord, right? And um, But come to find out three years later that that particular youth pastor the Lord told them to move and start a church somewhere else, but they didn't do it. Mm. And because they didn't do it, I couldn't slide in. And, um, you know, I didn't, they didn't have to tell me that three years later, but they did. I thought that was kind of significant. But anyway, uh, come to find out, I called back here to Rama, right? And I um, was looking for opportunities, and a job opened up for a youth pastor in Sand Springs, Oklahoma. So you drug your family back to Oklahoma. All the way back to Oklahoma, <laughs> you know. So for me to move uh, it's amazing. into my Mar- next Mar- position. It's <laughs> <laughs> so true. For me to be able to take the next position after I graduated, I had to go to Florida. I would go to Sand Springs, Oklahoma via Florida. That's how that is. <laughs> it's kind of like flying today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I did three years with Pastor David E. Ma over at uh, World Life Fellowship, it was called at the time. And um, that was probably some of the greatest ministry of my life, man. They had an off-campus, you know, youth ministry. And, um, you know, we went from 60 teens to over 200. I mean, we were blowing and going, man. It was awesome. That's awesome. And um, But, you know, in 2002, the Lord spoke to me at the Tulsa Detention Center, actually, over there in West, uh, West Tulsa. We were doing some ministry over there. Uh, we had our youth band in, and we would preach and we were there one night, and my associates that are with me today, um, they were with us, and a particular girl came in with them, and Marcy was talking with them, and they were talking about St. Augustine, and she eventually said, hey, if you ever start a church in St. Augustine, let us know. Well, Marcy tells me that after the thing, and when she did, man, it went off of my spirit. That's where you're going to go plant a church. So I knew in 2002 I would end up going back to St. Augustine and start a church, but I just assumed it would happen after my oldest son graduated from high school, which would be 2005. Because you drug, drug him all around the country. Right. <laughs> I was, you know, God love them, man. I'm glad my kids still love me. <laughs> I mean, you know, you, you, you do what you do the best of your ability yeah. to try to follow God. I mean, you know, yeah. Yeah. every mistake I've made was to try to follow God, right? 
uh, and everything I got right was in following God. So, you know, whether I got it right or wrong, it was still with the right heart to try to get there. But anyway, um, but then Winter Bible 2003 hit here at Raymond. We only came to one. It was Tuesday night, and Brother Hagen prophesied about 2003, 2004, 2005, 2006. Yeah. And that was was his last Winter Bible seminar before he passed. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, when he's prophesying, I just sensed in my spirit 2004 came up. And so we went over to the coffee bank, you know, because y'all had a coffee bank open at the time, and I got y'all's chocolate cake. It was delicious. Yeah. And so a cup of coffee and that slice of, you know, seven-layer chocolate cake. And <laughs> I started talking to Marcy about 2004, and we really just explained away why I could not have heard God mm. to leave in 2004. Because <laughs> <laughs> my son would be a senior. Surely God would not do that. Um, but uh, we were convinced St. Augustine's where we were going to go. So for vacation that year, May of 2003, we went to St. Augustine to spy out the land, so to speak. And when I went there, he said, when you go back to Oklahoma, you, you study prayer and the anointing. So I did. And obviously, when you study subjects, man, you tend to do them more. And prayer was something I was doing more. But through it all, he said, look, I've anointed you and your family. You're, 2004 is when you start the church. You need to leave now. So I went to Pastor David and said, you know, it's time for me to go. Um, I need to start a church. And he knew that when he hired me back in 2000 anyway. And so, um, you know, he blessed us two months later, October 2003. We were in St. Augustine, Florida. Nobody knew us. Nobody knew we were coming but God. And um, But I will say this. This is really important, especially, you know, if somebody's wanting to do ministry. Um, the things we have accomplished since 2004, Plant and Anchor Faith Church in St. Augustine, is a direct result of what we've done consistently from my time really at Rama. Um, I know I did a little bit prior to that with a Rama pastor in, the, in Florida before I came, but it really stuck here. And that is, if you're faithful with little, you'll be faithful with much. But it goes on and says, and if you're faithful with another man's. And when I came to Rama, you know, you always heard about the greatest need Rama had, and that was children's ministry. So we plugged in with children. You know, we came to church here while we were students. And it was the greatest experience ever. You get mm-hmm. the full, full thing if you actually plug into the whole ministry, yeah. right? Ministry is just not a Bible college, although the Bible college changed your life. Um, you know, but we did that. And then um, we were the same with Pastor David E. Mai. I can quote the vision God gave him for that church. He said, go to Sand Springs, Oklahoma, raise up a New Testament church, and from there you'll touch the world. I mean, if you don't know the vision of your pastor, man, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, but because we were faithful, then God ended up sending people with us, man. And my associate pastor or worship pastor, um, the pastor of, of our church in Valdosta now, they all came from the beginning, been with us the whole time, be 17 years in April. And God owns them. They can go anywhere they want to, right? I mean, God can move them anytime. But because we were faithful, man, God sent people. And yeah. next thing you know, here they are. And, you know, 17 years later, we just sit back and say, wow, I'm just blown away at what God's done. Mm-hmm. But I'm where I'm at today because, you know, I know this without a doubt. Rhema changed how I saw God so that I could rightly divide the word of truth. And then Rhema kept me. Because I kept coming home. You know, every time I get on this campus, I see my 28-year-old self. I walk the same places that I went to school. Yeah, man. And when I see myself, you know, kind of like imagining myself here, I think, like, if I could talk to him today, 
I'd be like, man, you're going to do great things. Just stay faithful, you know. Um, It just keeps faith alive in me, you know, because Mm -hmm. I didn't know jack about faith. I didn't even know the word of faith. Didn't even know that was even an expression, right? Um, But I had enough faith to get here. (laughs) And how much more now? Yeah. You know, so Winter Bible, no problem getting here. Y'all have taught me how to believe God to get here all the time. I don't care what's going on in the world. I can believe God to get here. That's so easy. It's like not even a thought. Oh, camp meeting? I'm here. Mm -hmm. That's not a problem. Called arms? Here. Right? We're here. It's no problem. Somewhere else, if if you hit our state, we're there. Right? You're not coming to Florida, and we're not going to show up Mm -hmm. somewhere. Why? Because am I busy? Yeah. Yeah, we're busy. We're busy people doing things for the Lord. But at the end of the day, I know what feeds me. I know what I know where I've been inserted in the timeline as as Peter, when he came back from, you know, Hill and the man at the gate, beautiful. And they beat him and sent. He said he went to his own companions. Maybe a lot of great ministries out there. Right. But at the end of the day, I was inserted in Rama, and I'll never forsake that. Yeah. It's the branch of the vine he's grafted into. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I think that's um, important for all our graduates, especially. I mean, this program, you know, we're recording the week before Winter Bible Seminar. It's going to be airing during Winter Bible Seminar, which is also our Rama homecoming every year. Yeah. And, and I believe it's really important for our Rama graduates um, to stay plugged in um, because a lot of them, they unplug and they kind of wander in the wilderness a lot of times. And then sometimes they'll replug in. A lot, a lot of times it comes down, it waits down to their 10th year reunion or the 20 year yeah, reunion right, yeah. before they. Well, you know, I should go back to my 20-year reunion, you know, before I finally, man, I, sh- I wish I would have plugged in like six years ago or something like yep. that. So, you know, but, uh, you know, if you never unplug, th- then it's, it's then you don't have to worry about it. That's but, exactly right. But so many people unplug. And, you know, I get it. You, you don't, I know that you made a commitment to come to all our special meetings, but, you know, and it's just something you do. And But but it is, I, I, want, I don't know if we're funny or not, is but, you know, especially when we come close to to where you live, I mean, so, you know, it's a two-hour drive. From, yeah, from, right. You know, but, but people say, well, I'll try to make it, but I'm really busy. You know, well, trying is lying. I mean, you're either going to make it or you, or you don't yeah, make it. Yeah, that's true. Right. You know, yeah. and a, a lot of times people just don't don't um, want to stay plugged in. And, and I mean, th- there's just things that you that you learn, um, you know, from the source. I mean, you know, that's a, I think it's important for us to stay plugged in. And also – you know, fellowship among among other other pastors is is really huge. Huge. Um, you know, especially you know folks that, that might pastor a church similar to your size and, right. and things. You need to be able to to kind of just glean off of, of them. Mm-hmm. And I know that's that's one of the great things about Winter Bible Seminar and all our meetings. Actually, is that you'll have pastors here that we can we can glean from. And then, of course, obviously, you're very involved in in RMA RMAI, yeah. you know, the Florida. Uh, regional director and i think it's very important to stay plugged in too on a regional and district you know basis yeah you know because you know that's that's another way to stay into the source yeah i mean when you think about it i mean if 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 i want rama to to ordain me right i I come up under the organization how do you represent the organization if you're not staying connected now that can be my military background i get it uh, but the reality is is that you can't truly represent how are you going to represent jesus if you ain't in the word Mm mm-hmm 
I mean, you, you can say you love Jesus all day long, but if you're not following his word, then you're not representing him. If you don't have continual fellowship with him, you know, through prayer and reading of the word, you're not going to do it. Same things organizationally. It's not different naturally. You're not going to be Rama unless you're at Rama and you stay connected with Rama. I mean, just from a pastor perspective, I would not be excited if my congregation members went to five or six different churches. Yeah. And then showed up to mine every once in a while and then said there, but you're my pastor. Yeah, well, they show up when they want to get married or, or someone and someone dies in their family. Right. You, 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 exactly. You know, no pastor is saying that's acceptable congregation member, right? But yet if you don't watch out, you'll do it yourself with the organization that you're a part of. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, again, this is why I love Rama so much, is that I know who I was prior to here come on so i know what that 28 year old was thinking and every time i come back on it just reminds me of the faithfulness of god because again you're not going to get in ministry and not have trials tribulations trouble i mean just as a believer you're going to have that problem but it's going to be compounded when you're you know pastoring a church um but at the end of the day you know, when you come around those, you stay connected with the organization that brought the word alive in such a way, then you're just going to be able to overcome easier, man. I mean, yeah. who, I, Tom Brady's awesome. Can I just say that we are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and we are the <laughs> Super Bowl champions, right? But at the end of the day, he still didn't do it without a line. Yeah. He still didn't do it without his receivers, his tight ends. He still didn't do it without that defense that played lights out. Okay? So, yes. He is seven-time champion, but he valued his team. So I value Rama. They're my team. Mm-hmm. So how in the world would I not continue to be here, man? Amen. Yeah, that's it. Now, obviously, in order to be plugged in the source, you have to go to the source. True. And so, um, you know, maybe, like I said, you feel you're called to ministry, or maybe you don't know what you're called to. Maybe you just want to learn more about the Bible. And I think that's what sometimes we don't, you know, recognize that, we need to know about God's word just just to live in the in the life we're living in now. I mean, the twenty yeah. first century. I mean, you know, to be a Christian, we need to know the word. That's so true. And I think it's very important to, to be able to follow after the Spirit of God. You know, for an everyday Christian, and and like um, Aaron Andis, you know, he, whenever he was on the program, he says, "I don't care who you are." I mean, you know, everyone can can take two years out of their life to, to come learn more about the Bible. And Rama's a great place to, to to do that. He says things that he learned at Rama, he uses every day in his business. Right. And, you know, and, and he had really no intention to go into ministry. That was not his intention. He didn't he didn't have a windshield experience like you did. You know, but whether you had a windshield experience or whether you want to learn more. And then we have people that come learn more about the Bible ends up later on. They have that windshield experience while they're here. Yeah. You know, you know, for you, it happened in Atlanta and you had to move your family like two or three other places. But right. then you showed back up here. But yeah. rbtc.org, you know, and like I said, we have college weekend coming up. Um, but you know we're we're just excited about I mean our, our current students I mean they're they're on fire yeah yeah you know and, and I mean you know our current students have have battled a pandemic oh, to, yeah. to be here yeah I mean they've had to make sacrifices that most people you know don't have to make and you know it's um now Oklahoma we're we're, we're getting back to normal kind of normal but you know at least here at Rama it seems normal it doesn't always seem normal some places in town but you know it's it's I think it's time to to live life normal again and, you know, talk about um, the future and not what's going on right now. And, you know, it's just, um, it's a good place. Yeah, it's a great place. And so I, I encourage, you know, everybody to, to plug in, but, you know, then, 
you know, to stay plugged in. I think it's important for all our graduates to stay plugged into the source and, you know, come to the meetings. And, and then even if, if you can't physically be here, now we have made it easier now, way before the virtual world started. Right. I mean, we, we do broadcast every service. I mean, this week is Winter Bible Seminar. Um, you can go to the Kenneth Hagin Ministries Facebook Live um, during every service because um, I guess we have an 8.30, a 9.30, and a 10.30 in the morning. And then um, it's, it's 7 o'clock p.m. Seven seven p.m. Uh, except, except Sunday. Yeah, Sunday night is, is at six thirty. But this program is going to air on Tuesday, so True. so it won't matter. But won't um, matter. Sorry, six o'clock, not six thirty, um, on Sunday night. But um, you know, it's Facebook Live, Kenneth Hagin Ministries, or you can go to our Rama um, um, Rama TV. You can watch it there. Or my favorite thing, if you happen to be in your living room, is go to YouTube and go to the Rama USA channel, and you can watch it there. Or on your device, download the Rayma USA app, and you can watch it from there. And, you know, if you can't watch it live, you can watch it later on. Um, and so, so you know, at least you can stay connected even if you can't be there. Now, there's, there's nothing that, there's nothing that um, is like actually being here on campus. And I, I, so true. And, and I think, you know, that's one of the reasons that we don't have online courses here at Rayma is because we want you to be here. Um, now, my grandfather said at one point in time, if you're not willing to come, then you're not willing to go. And so, you know, if, if you feel you're called to ministry, if you're not willing to, to, to move your family and you're, and you're, you know, you know, to Oklahoma, you're not willing to move your family to wherever God's called you to, to so move. True. And so, um, you know, I just, I mean, I don't know how many people say, well, once I got to campus, there's something about coming to campus. And, yep. and like I said, if, you know, maybe you can't make the college weekend, but we, we can, um, you know, schedule a, a visit for you to come to campus, attend classes, to take a tour. And, you know, it's just a wonderful place. And, in fact, we have people actually move not even not even to come to school. They just moved here to come to church, Yeah, you know, just because it's, it's a wonderful place. And, I mean, we have a pretty good economy here in Broken Arrow, Tulsa, um, you know, area. And we're, we're fairly free. We, we have we have great mayor, great governor, you know, here in Broken Arrow. So, it's a great place. Yeah. You know, I think your grandfather had it figured out that, you know, you're not here to get educated, but you're here to get equipped. And being uh, equipped is way different than being educated, yeah. um, you know, because you'll get equipped here. Because, uh, you know, sometimes online can unfortunately just create an education environment. And education alone will not cause you to do. In fact, I minister a message on being equipped. And um, one of the concepts is if all you do is educate your body, the best you can produce is a Pharisee. Wow. So, you know, coming and getting equipped is a whole other thing. Yep. And um, we definitely had that. But, you know, Craig, you, you bring a great point. Whether you're called to full-time ministry or whether you're in some other sector of society, the Bible knowledge you learn here at Rama applies across the board. Because at the end of the day, all that's going to remain is God's kingdom, uh, his way of doing things, and his way of doing things is successful everywhere. You will prosper in every aspect of your life because you know the word, and the word's applicable everywhere. And so, you know, I've been around those Rama students that aren't, um, you know, into f full-time ministry, but they apply those principles, and they're working. And one of the greatest joys I have as a pastor is seeing our congregation members apply those principles in their everyday life. I got one lady that's, uh, you know, real estate. And um, my wife was in prayer and says, you're going to get double for your trouble because of the last year, you know, how everything went down. At the end of the year, at the beginning of the year, they sowed a seed towards our, you know, purchasing some property. 
and um, but had a goal to pay their house off. And um, but they put money towards that. Then COVID hit. Right. And nobody's buying nothing. Well, guess what? She ended up doubling in sales this past year. OK. And paid her house off. Praise the Lord. Because here's someone that works outside the church, you know, does like, you know, the majority of the world, but applied those key, those principles of the word that we teach because of what we learned at Rama, And now they're debt free in their home, you know, had a better year than they've ever had before in a year that everybody says how hard it is. Mm-hmm. And they themselves, you know, if they even caught it, I don't even know, you know, because the symptoms would have been so mild. They never even had a conversation. Yeah. So, you know, God's faithful, but that's because Rhema put something in us that we can then put in and um, see people's lives change. So I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I've always believed that people should go through the military for a couple of years because there's a sense of pa- being a patriot that you would learn. I like that idea. Um, but that's just personal opinion. Um, but as far as going to, a, you know, Rhema or going to a Bible school, specifically Rhema, because I don't think all Bible schools are created equal. Um, you know, those two years change your life. Amen. Well, we, we've kind of gone long today, but that's good anyway. We're going to end today's program like we went into every program here at Rainbow. We're bringing hope, help, and healing to the world. world.